Hello and welcome to another episode of the Obvious Plant Podcast. I'm Audrey. And I'm in tremendous debt. We've got a great show for you today. Last night, my car was repossessed. Hey, let's try something new today. No thanks. I've gone this long without eating green beans and I refuse to start now. No, I mean for our first topic of discussion. We usually decide our topics ahead of time and come in with infallible research, but this time we've taken to Twitter to find out what you, the listeners, want to learn all about. In fact, we'll keep coming back to Twitter throughout the episode to keep all of you engaged. Oh, an interactive episode. Neat. Let's pick the most liked topic from our Twitter fans and roll with it. Audrey, let her rip. Big. Big what? The top tweet just says big. Oh. So it does. Uh, okay. Hmm. Big. Let's learn about big. Hmm. You can go first. The tallest man ever to live was named Robert Pershing Wadlow, who stood 8 feet 11 inches tall. Wow. That's certainly very big. Did he play basketball? Where did he buy his clothes? Can I get a picture with him? No. Sadly, he is dead. We could dig up his corpse. No, we are not going to dig up his corpse. Fine. Wadlow's height was due to a condition called hyperplasia, which results in an overactive human growth hormone. It says here that he wore a size 37 shoe. Yes, that's true. And of course, no shoe company makes a size 37 shoe, so poor Robert had to make his own by folding two doormats around his feet with bailing wire and then drawing a Nike swoosh onto each one. Resourceful. What about hats? Did he wear hats? Um... I'm not sure. He probably wore a bucket on top of his head. Probably. Anyway, Robert Wadlow was born in 1918 and lived in Alton, Illinois. He had many nicknames, including the Alton Giant, Large Robbie, Fancy Boy, Mr. Grows a Lot, and Uncle Tall. He really is tall. If you search Robert Wadlow on Bing.com, you can see pictures of him. In fact, I'm looking at him right now, and I am terrified. He, he really towers over everyone. Looms, really. Kind of like the moon. It's unsettling. And Oh, and in this picture, he's, he's eating a human baby. Nope, no, 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 no. It's just a large, uncooked turkey. Never mind. That was his favorite meal. Guess how many large, uncooked turkeys he ate every day? Mm, 17? That's right. 17. Wow, that was a great guess. Thank you. He didn't get to eat those turkeys for long, though. Sadly, he died at the early age of 22 when he stood up in a restaurant and a ceiling fan knocked his head clean off. Oh, that's too bad. At least he died doing what he loved. Standing up? No, eating a large, uncooked turkey. Because he was in a restaurant. I I just assumed that's what he was eating. Ah, yes. You are probably right. I think that this is going well, doing the topic of big given to us by our readers. Listeners. In fact, let's get some more insight from our readers in our Letters from the Audience segment. Via Twitter, we asked you to send us questions or comments about big things, and we're going to dig into some of those right now. Here's the first one. Luke in Los Angeles screams, and I do say screams because it is written in all caps. The ocean is big and scary. Why is the ocean so scary? Well, I think most people would agree with you, Luke. 
The ocean is scary, what with its vast, unending depths and innumerable hideous monster creatures. And the reason for this is because Noah's Ark did not include sea animals. There was no need to put them on the Ark because they did not need to be saved from a flood. Right, yeah. People often forget that the ocean is really just a flood that never leaves. Indeed, and because they were never on Noah's Ark, the ocean creatures do not know God's love. This, of course, makes the ocean a terrible, godless place. A place of swirling chaos, destructive tentacles, and also adorable, friendly dolphins that happen to be the tools of Satan. This is a dolphin's cry. And this is a dolphin's cry played backwards. I hate both. Also, just to add on to this, scientists have proven that God's love cannot penetrate through water. So even if God attempted to free a shrimp or tuna from the sinful grasp of Satan's control, he would be unable to do so. Exactly. Okay, well, let's move on. The next question comes from Janet in Utah. Janet asks, Apes are the biggest primates in the world. Why does Donkey Kong wear a tie? Ooh, good question. Janet, you're gonna be kicking yourself because the answer is actually quite obvious. Yes. Donkey Kong wears a tie because he does a lot of monkey business. <laughs> <laughs> Please kill me. I will not. Our next question comes from Branglin in Austin, Texas. He asks, it just says, our teeth. Um, what do you think, Audrey? Our teeth? Oh, I think definitely yes. Teeth are, for sure. Hmm, I don't know. I think maybe teeth are not. But according to a recent study, scientists say... Oh, in conclusion. Precisely. Let's discuss everyone's favorite big aspect of our planet. Mountains. Yes, mountains are very big, for sure. But how were mountains formed? Are hills the same? What about upside-down mountains, or holes, as they're called in language? Let's stick to where mountains came from for now. How did they start? Mountains were first discovered in 1789 when someone tried to walk forward and hit some dirt. What in the fucking hell, they said before realizing that the ground that had been below them was now also in front? I remember when I first found mountains. I was confused. I was walking forward when suddenly I started to go up which was different because I was walking flat. So I was like, what is going on? Exactly. And after getting very angry at the mountains for confusing them, scientists decided to find out why they were there. This is where Peter Dinklage comes in. Yes. Peter Dinklage, not the actor, but a scientist actually, was the first person to get angry enough about not knowing where mountains came from to do something about it. After digging some holes and looking at test tubes, he discovered that mountains were caused by plate tectonics. He was a genius, which apparently they did have back then. Also, he discovered that all mountains are hollow. Um, I'm not sure that's true. Yes, it is. All mountains are hollow, and that is where leprechauns hide their gold. That is why we mine gold from the insides of mountains. I, I guess that makes sense. Finally, after years of everyone being mad at mountains, people started liking them because there was gold inside. 
Instead of yelling at mountains for being stupid and in the way, everyone flocked to California to mine gold and pet the mountains and sometimes kiss them gently. Ah, yes. The Great California Gold Rush. It was a great rush indeed. And once all those people were on top of mountains digging out the gold, they realized you could do other fun things on mountains as well, like ski down them or hang glide off of them or hide inside one of the mountain's caves and pretend to be a witch. I personally like climbing to the top of mountains so I can curse the heavens. To each his own. Stupid heavens. I hate them so much. Agreed. And this is a good segue into our next topic, actually, because in our next segment, we will be talking about the sky, which is between us and the heavens. How convenient. We'll be right back. Sometimes we forget that big is all around us. Yes, everywhere you look, if you stop and pay attention, you will see something big. One of these big things is the sky. It is Everywhere. We take it for granted, but no matter where you are, if you look up, you will see the sky. Unless you are inside. Right. Then you would see a ceiling. Or perhaps nothing at all because your eyes are closed. But what is the sky? Well, in a more sciencey way, it is our atmosphere, and it is what allows life to flourish on this planet. Scientists have broken our atmosphere up into several layers because that makes it easier to study. And also, they are really bored and just like to name things. Let's go through each layer of the atmosphere now because we are also really bored. The first one, which starts right above your head, is called the troposphere. This is where all the weathers happen. Clouds, rain, wind, it's all here, baby. Next is the stratosphere. This extends about 31 miles above the top of your head. This is where the ozone layer happens that we've heard oh so much about. Following that is a thin layer of delicious nougat. Whether it's a Snickers bar or another tasty treat, all the world's nougat comes from this atmospheric layer. Above that is Birdtopia, where all the world's birds congregate en masse to shriek loudly and talk shit about all the other animals. Their voluminous bird droppings are what help to form the nougat sphere below. Still higher above the birds are God's cameras. This is where God's security system is that allows him to monitor all of Earth's goings-on so he can smite you and also watch you shower naked if he wants to. Finally, just before outer space, there is a thin layer of hot air balloons, each one filled with a basket of grisly human remains. Every time a hot air balloon goes missing or gets blown off course, it ends up here. Thanks to strong upwinds, the balloons get trapped and the passengers within soon perish. Their desperate cries for help drowned out by the shrieking lair of birds below. The deathosphere, as it is called, is a sad but necessary layer of the atmosphere because the presence of all those balloons and dead skeletons help block powerful solar rays that would otherwise make life impossible below. Thank you, stupid balloon folk, for giving your lives so that the rest of us may live. today is larger than the blue whale and that is why our next segment is on wind turbines no wait the whales our next topic is whales let's talk about it whales and i have a complicated relationship yeah but we're just going to talk about how big they are it's a simple thing about whales my first wife was she swallowed. was swallowed by a whale we know but what makes whales so large why are the things they eat so small Today, we'll dive in and find out everything you need to know about whales. They swallow and digest krill, 
But my beloved was spared from such a horror. Instead, she lives on in the whale's throat, writing details of her adventures across the trachea and boxing the giant's uvula to maintain her strength. While all of that sounds impossible, it is. Anyway, whales are mammals, and as such, they give birth to live calves and feed them with milk. Even though whales breathe air like us, all of this is done underwater. Isn't that crazy? The air they breathe is the same air I curse as I stand on the rocky shores and await the return of my beloved. Look, I woke up itching to burn through this fat stack of whale facts. Please, what do you need me to do so that we just stay locked in on Audrey's whale tail hour, which is what I'm calling this segment in my head? Ask me about cursing the sea on rocky shores. How often do you curse the sea on rocky shores? Every night after my new family goes to sleep. Sometimes, through my trusty spyglass, I'll see a large shape breach the surface and release someone onto the beach, and my heart will flutter with hope. But it's always a Russian spy submarine. Well, maybe you shouldn't use a spyglass. Look, we haven't even brushed on the best part of whales. They're big old teeth. Sperm whales have teeth reaching lengths of 20 meters. Wow! Can you imagine how large those pearly whites must be in person? 20 meters long? Good job! Look, I'll be honest, I, I, I can't talk about whales without also constantly talking about my ex-wife. Okay, so if, if, if that's a problem, then maybe we should just move on. Maybe you should move on. I can't. And I won't. Ugh, fine. I guess I'll just take this fat stack of whale facts home and read them aloud in my bathtub. My ex-wife uses a bathtub to float around the inside of that whale's tummy. All right. I guess we're ending this topic of big with one big baby. We'll be right back with the second half of the show. Welcome back. Let's get ourselves organized here and move on to the next subject. Are we asking Twitter again? Because I don't want to do that again today. No, our fans cannot be trusted. Big is not a topic. It is a state of mind. I came up with this next topic. Somehow that doesn't make me feel any more at ease. What is it? We will be discussing time. Oh, well that seems pretty straightforward. This will include all aspects of time, such as measurements like clocks and calendars, as well as what happens during time, like specific days and holidays. This is a very broad topic. Get over it. I'm in charge. I will not argue with you. I'm afraid to. Correct. Luckily, I'm still prepared to talk about it, despite not knowing what the topic was until now. That's just how these things work. It's called lies. entertainment. Everything is lies. Except for our facts here on this podcast. Right. So, what are we talking about first? Holidays? Why do we do those? Because we always need something to look forward to or else we'll slowly die of being upset. Well, yes, but it's also because of the calendar. Each month has a holiday. In January, we have the New Year. And that's when everyone turns a year older. What? No, it's when the year gets bigger. It's when the year turns a year older and gets bigger and also we age. It has to do with time, which is why we have with us a real timekeeper, a clockmaker. Welcome. Thanks for having me. So, clockmaker, how do you go about making time continue? Uh, well, I don't make time. I'm a clockmaker. That's what we're going to talk about, right? Yes. We're going to be talking about how you push time forward and then we get a new year every year. Oh, I don't do that. Uh, I make clocks and sell them at my store. Speaking of which, the Clock Emporium is having a big sale this week. 
Every day is a new deal. How do you decide when it's time to be a new year? I, I don't decide that. Again, I'm a clockmaker, not a time maker. Is that what you think I am? If you don't make time go, then how do you choose what time the clock says after you make it? I set the clock to the actual time that it is, and at my store, it's always time for savings. This Monday, if you buy a grandfather clock, you get a free watch. But how do you know what time it is? Um, by looking at another clock. Okay, well, what about when there were no other clocks? Why do you talk like this? Time keeps going. Time never stops. Just like my savings. On Tuesday, it's 25% off digital clocks. Hang on. Co-host, are you okay? Time won't stop. I'm growing older quickly. Sometimes I think time is speeding up because in the morning I look in the mirror and I'm like, that's fine. And then by night I look at myself, I'm like, oh my God, what's that? I can't control time. I sell clocks. Stop yelling at him. I wasn't yelling. And hey, man, it's cool. Time's not speeding up. Please, ma'am, the time. Make it go slower. Each night, I recognize my face less and less. I can't control that. I, I wish I could. But your face looks fine, man. It does. But I've grown so old. I feel cursed. We all grow old. You're not cursed. I'm not? No, you're fine. I brought a special clock to talk about. Uh, please just let me talk about my clock. Fine. Talk about your clock. We'll just ignore the fact that my co-host is having a crisis. I'm sorry, is that a bird coming out of that clock? Yes, it's a cuckoo clock. I've been trying to say this for several minutes, but this week, my clock store, The Clock Emporium, is having a sale on cuckoo clocks. I'm sorry. Cuckoo clock? What in the fuck is that? A cuckoo clock is a pendulum-regulated clock created in the mid-18th century that strikes the hour using a bird's call. There is a bird in the clock? No, no, the bird is not real. That is fascinating. Why not? Because you can't keep a real bird inside of a clock. Huh. No kidding. Do you want to see how it works? Yes. Yes. Holy shit! I love these! You have been my favorite guest ever! Oh, thank you! <laughs> Will you come back on the show again, Clockmaker? I'd love to. Yay! Yay! Oh, you know what? I'll take four of the cuckoo clocks. Wow, okay. Um, do you want to know the sale price? I don't care. You know what? Screw it. Would you like to be a host on this podcast with us? Ooh, great idea. That way I'll always have access to more cuckoo clocks. And I will have access to a nice friend. Well, I don't have time to be a host. I have to run the clock store, but I'll gladly come back and visit. Sounds like she's ready to make time for friendship with me. I mean us. <laughs> <laughs> so, what else would you like to talk about then? Oh, uh, well, um, that was it for today. Just wanted to advertise a sale. I should probably be going. Oh, man. But I'll be back another time. Yay! <laughs> All right, well, see you guys later. Bye! Bye. <sighs> I miss her already. She'll come back. What if she doesn't? That was the quickest I've ever made a friend. 
It's time for a commercial from our business sponsors. Okay, let it roll. Special shout out to Bing.dom. Bing.dom, use it. Do you mean Bing.com? Uh, no. Bing.dom. What even is that? What happened to Bing.com? They pulled their sponsorship because they told me they thought I was an ad. I see. Yes. During our correspondence, they told me that I, quote, didn't sound like a real person and therefore were convinced that our entire podcast was a virus. That makes no sense whatsoever. Bing.dom. I don't know. Search for some stuff on there. Is Bing.dom paying us? No. Okay. Can you work on finding another sponsor before the show is over, that will? Ugh, fine. Promise. Moving on. As we all know, there are 12 months in a year. That's right. And those 12 months are filled with 365 terrifying days, each one more horrific and dreadful than the last. You try to go to sleep, but the silence of your thoughts is deafening. And even if you do fall asleep, only nightmares await. This 12-month calendar is called the Gregorian calendar and is named after Pope Gregory the Time Wizard. Yes. You see, because Pope Gregory prayed so much and did a lot of other good popey things, God decided to grant him the gift of omniscient time control. With this new power, Greg's first order of business was to lengthen each day from 17 hours to 24 hours. You know, so he'd have more time each day to praise God. That dude loved praising God. Unfortunately, like everyone who is granted too much power, he soon began to exploit it for his own gain. A few months into his time control, he started shaving a few seconds off of each year and hoarding them for himself. Seconds turned into minutes, and minutes turned into days. By shortening the year for everyone else, Pope Gregory discovered that he could lengthen his own life, thereby extending his existence into infinity. Eventually, God caught on and revoked Gregory's time powers, but by then, it was too late. Gregory had embezzled so much time that his lifespan marched on into the centuries. Pope Gregory is still alive today, and with no threat of going to hell because he cannot die, he has turned to a life of sin. Yes, many of history's most famous crimes can be traced back to Pope Gregory. For example, in the 1930s and 40s, Pope Gregory committed a series of heinous war crimes and blamed them all on an innocent landscape painter named Adolf Hitler. In 1871, he started the Great Chicago Fire in a Barn. This time, the patsy was a cow named Bessie. She was prosecuted for arson and served 12 years at the Cook County Correctional Facility. The Titanic sinking? That was also Gregory's doing. Other things he is to blame for include the Jonestown Massacre, the Shrinking Middle Class, New Coke, the Extinction of the Dodo Bird, and Dubstep Music. Also, he is the creator of the Big Bang Theory. Ugh, that is the worst one by far. Agreed. He currently lives in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and runs a successful sex cave on the outskirts of town. That dude loved praising God. So, wait, why do we celebrate holidays, Audrey? What are the origins of each holiday? Oh, yes, I know this. I did researches. I really want to believe you. Okay, hit me with some holidays and I'll tell you why we celebrate them. Okay, St. Patrick's Day. Ah, yes, St. Patrick's Day. 
We celebrate St. Patrick's Day to commemorate when a man named Patrick entered a church and he looked just like the Lord. And they were like, it's the Lord. And he was like, no, I'm Patrick. And they were like, what? And he was like, do you guys want a beer? And then they said, oh, sure. And then they all got drunk together and they were like, wait, who are you? And he's like, I'm Patrick. But no one heard him. And then one guy was like, he's an angel. So then they made a statue of him and gave him his own holiday. I'm sorry. What? They forgot he said he was just a regular guy. That's not accurate at all. St. Patrick's Day is on March 17th, which is the day that St. Patrick died. Huh. Agree to disagree. (sighs) Okay. Next holiday, hit me. Uh, how about Memorial Day? Oh yes, Memorial Day. That's when ghosts were first welcomed into America. Somebody smuggled a haunted vase over the ocean from England, and when they unloaded it at Plymouth Rock, it fell and shattered, and literally thousands of ghosts fell out. Humans were like, shit, and then the ghosts were like, it's all good, let's eat hot dogs, and they did, and the tradition continues today. That's wrong. Holiday, hit me. I don't want to. Fine. Father's Day started when a group of dads got together in 1814 and were like, we don't want to do anything today, let's watch baseball. Baseball was not invented until 1839. That is simply not true. Give me another holiday. No, where are you getting these facts? I researched this information straight from our former sponsor, Bing.com. Can I see? Sure. Audrey, this is Bong.com. What? This website is called Bong.com, not Bing.com. Bong. I wonder how that happened. I think it happened because you typed in Bong.com. Probably not. Let me search for something simple. Dogs. It just gave me information about Christmas. And it says Christmas was invented when the Hallmark card store opened in 1992 so that everyone could have an additional birthday in the wintertime. What? Well, it was. Wait, it says this is the holiday search engine. See, it's fine. Why is Bong.com a search engine for wrong holiday facts? They're not wrong. Let me just see who created this website. Oh, it was you. You own Bong.com. That is not important. Where did you learn how to code? How did you make this? Did you also make all these websites? No. Yes! You did! Your name is right here, and here, and here. This is fake news. You're spreading lies. Where are you finding this kind of time? I live alone. I live alone and I love holidays. I look forward to all of them. So I created my own fact-based content for online. Don't patronize me. I just want to be heard, okay? I want to be heard and no one listens to me about my interests. Okay, okay. Another holiday. Flag day. Pass. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving was created when Santa and Ronald McDonald dined together after discovering America on the Mayflower boat. I'm sorry, I can't do this. No, this this is not true. Well, then why are they the stars of all the Thanksgiving parades? I... I don't know. Maybe because of capitalism? Nope. I don't know what that word means, so that's incorrect. Fair enough. Are you done? For now. Now we're going to talk about everyone's special holiday. What's that? Birthdays. I love birthdays. Me too. Everyone has their own special holiday called a birthday. They happen every day. Birthdays are literally always happening. You can't say that about any other holiday. No, you can't. When did birthdays first come about? The 1700s was the dawn of the birthday movement. That's when everyone started being born. 
Someone was born, and people were like, what is going on? Little did they know that this had been happening for many years before this, but no one had noticed till then. Interesting. I wonder why no one noticed. Probably because no one had any idea what was going on in general, what they were, or how they got there in the first place. Right. So when they figured that stuff out, they started celebrating their birthdays. Which brings us, of course, to... Birthday parties! What was the first birthday party? The first birthday party was held atop a large cliff. And it was for a man named Patrick Magician, who was not a magician. That was just his name. That's confusing. What did he do at his birthday party? Well, it was just him, because he didn't know anybody else. Which is exactly how birthdays are celebrated today. Nothing has changed. Oh, that's... No, people go to birthday parties. (laughs) What? No, no, they don't. Yes, they do. I just had my birthday party and people came to it. They did? Yes. Has no one ever come to your birthday? Uh, no, they have. You just said they haven't. Listen, I can't remember. Okay, well, that's just not okay with me. We are going to throw you a birthday party live on air today. Oh, please don't do that. It's happening. I'm going to invite everyone we know. I'd like to make an announcement. If you are currently listening to this, you are cordially invited to a birthday party. How old are you turning today? It's not actually my birthday today. Doesn't matter. Everyone, please text my personal cell phone number. I am tweeting the phone number right now, and go ahead and save it in your phone in case you ever want to hang out or something. The party starts in, oh, let's say, four minutes. Hurry up and get on over here. This is humiliating. Let's take a break. I've got some party planning to do. We're back. Let's talk about the most important holiday of all. Sleeping. Ah, yes. Sleeping. That necessary daily vacation into the dream world that allows us to escape the soul-crushing realities of conscious existence. Each day, the entire world takes some time off from existing to lie down on the ground so that they can pretend to be dead. This is my favorite holiday. And like all holidays, it has its own rituals and traditions. In honor of sleeping, most families decorate their houses with darkness. All of the lights are turned off, the shades are drawn, and the sun is dragged out of the sky and drowned in the ocean. This darkness is meant to symbolize the quote-unquote glorious nothing. A place outside of our intelligent consciousness where depression, war, and sadness do not exist. Such a beautiful dream. Traditions for the holiday vary from country to country, but common preparations often include brushing your teeth, wearing pajamas, and praying to an unjust God that will never answer you. I do all of those things. I guess you could say I'm a traditionalist. Me too. Any other special traditions you enjoy? Oh, yes. Before going to bed, I kiss every one of my Victorian dolls gently on the head. I see. How many dolls do you have? 67. And after each kiss, I quietly pull down each one of their eyes and whisper, Good night, my sweet child. And then... I crawl into bed and sob uncontrollably into the pillow until the Sandman gently pulls me into the dream world. How lovely. And of course, the Sandman is this holiday's equivalent of Santa Claus. Each night, he flies around in his magic sleeping bag, gifting all of us with beautiful unconsciousness. Good boys and girls get pleasant dreams filled with rainbows and happiness. Bad boys and girls get terrifying nightmares that mimic the horrid realities of our daily lives. After 6 to 18 hours of slumber, depending on how devout you are, 
Each celebrant awakes and emits a series of curse words upon realizing the sun has escaped its drowning and the real world still exists. However, thanks to the vacation of sleep, that brief respite from reality allows us to endure life's drudgery for yet another day. There are, of course, agnostic sleepers who choose to abstain from these nightly festivities altogether. They are called insomniacs, and they are vile, unenlightened heathens. My cousin Brett is one. Oh dear. I'm so sorry. It's okay. I just... I think he's going through a rebellious phase. He's a teen, you know, and it's cool to question everything and stay up all night saying swear words and eating Pringles. Well, hopefully one day he'll be a born-again sleeper. Thanks. I pray for that every night before bed. Well, don't expect our God to be listening. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, it's time to read an ad from our real sponsor. Audrey, did you manage to find a real sponsor for this episode, or am I paying for it entirely once again? I did. Today's sponsor is Baskin Robbins Ice Cream Cakes. Whoa, really? A national brand? How did you manage that? I called them and told them it was your birthday, and they were like, would he like an ice cream cake? And I was like, yes. And they were like, okay, that'll be $37.50. Thank you for your order. Um... Audrey, that's not a sponsorship. That is an order for a cake that we now have to pay for. Happy birthday! Thanks, I guess. This is your surprise party. Aren't you excited? I'm sorry no one else is here. No one else wanted to come. All the texts on my phone were just the word no over and over again, and also just one picture of a shirtless man holding a ferret. Typical. Okay, well, I guess I could go for some ice cream cake at least. Where is it? Not here. It'll be ready next Thursday. But I do have this Twix candy bar that I got out of the vending machine. Why is there an unbent paper clip in it? That's the candle. It's the best I could do with such short notice. You're welcome. Would you like to make a wish? Yes. I wish this podcast was over so I can stop talking to you. Wish granted. Hooray! Folks, that's our show. Until next time, I'm Audrey. And I'm constantly disappointed, no matter how low my hopes get. We'll see you next week. Thanks, Thanks for, for learning, learning to, to listen, listen so, so you can, can listen, listen to learn. learn.